Welcome to Banned Books Week, everyone. We've been talking about Banned Books Week this week on The Reason We Learn, and I want to read something to you very quickly to open this show. A few people with narrow, subjective beliefs are determined to force their personal agenda on a state and people that have a long history of valuing and defending their personal freedoms. It has caused division, anger, and a climate of fear. School librarians, were you expecting me to say parents? Yeah, because that's what how we feel. School librarians across our state have been targeted and bullied for doing their jobs. The result, threats to our rights, to intellectual freedom, and individual choice. And as I said, they're projecting. Guess what? They're also lying. And we're going to talk about that with today's guest, Dan Kleiman. Stick around. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. I'm your host, Deb Philman. At The Reason We Learn, we aspire to be part of the solution. The purpose of this show is to take a good, honest, potentially painful look at the way kids are being educated. We know we can do better. And this is where we'll talk about how. Let's learn something. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to The Reason We Learn. I'm your host, Deb Philman, and I have with me today Dan Kleinman of Safe Libraries. I'm going to introduce Dan very briefly, but I'm going to let him talk about his work himself because he is quite the hero when it comes to representing, uh, well, liberty, basically, <laughs> when it comes to libraries. But he's the owner of Safe Libraries. A, a, it's a brand literary education mm -hmm. services. And for over a quarter century, he's been raising public awareness of crime, sexual harassment in libraries, guys, in libraries, and inappropriate books and websites in schools mm -hmm. due to the ALA, the American Library Association. And as the title says, they do put the lie in library. Sometimes I feel like little kids have it right. Libraries. You know, I remember member berries. <laughs> it's like they're libraries. <laughs> they just drop them all over the place. Anyway, so welcome, Dan. And welcome to the audience. If you're yep. new here, please like and share this broadcast. We can get more people participating in the chat. If you're yes. watching or listening on the replay, welcome. You are about to learn some pretty disturbing things about libraries in America. So how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for, for joining us. This is this is a big week, Banned Books Week. Oh, right. Oh, it's a big week for sure. <laughs> how, so how do you how do you like that word banned? Banned books. Well, look, even the librarians know that's really not a great word for the for the for what they're trying to do, uh, because frankly, in the United States, there's no been there's been no books banned since 1963. Yet this thing was created in 1982, almost 20 years after the last book banning. Right. Uh, right. There's just no book bans. And the fact that parents are interested in getting books that are inappropriate out of public schools has nothing to do with book banning. No, no. You want to ask them, like, is there any any book at all that you might think is, you know, we probably shouldn't put that in the school library, right? You know, because the way they talk about censorship and banning and our freedoms are under assault, right. you would conclude from that it is never appropriate. You really have to sort of like dig and dig and dig to find them saying, well, this is appropriate to limit. And well, we don't want to take that. You know, we don't want to put that on the shelves. Right. But their top line message is, you know, no one else should do it, certainly. Right. So. so if you're asking me, uh, first of all, the lady who created Banned Books Week, she said that in the rare case that a book is inappropriate for a school library, right. get it out of there. Now, she's not a censor. She created Banned Books Week. She doesn't go around censoring books, but that's the reality. In the rare case of, of a book's inappropriate for a school library, get it out of there. And we don't have to be, just be saying that ourselves. That's the Supreme Court of the United States saying that in 1982. Exactly. Um, the Board of Education versus PICO case, if a book is pervasively vulgar, out it goes. It, out it goes immediately. You don't have to take the right. time to do a materials reconsideration review or, or anything like right. that. You just right. remove it immediately. Um, it's just you, common sense. The book's inappropriate. Do you feel like, though, they're changing, moving the goalposts on what's obscene and what's inappropriate? And because what you're describing makes sense. And I think most parents were under the apparent delusion that that's how libraries work. That's how school libraries work, that they would look at the audience. Oh, this is an elementary school. The oldest child here is maybe 11. 
we should probably not have depictions of naked humans, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that are that are in here. They're not babies. In other words, it's not like a little infant in a diaper or yeah. something, but we're talking about adult humans rendered accurately and so forth with descriptions. Probably not a great idea. And yet they'll act like you're a terrible prude and a horrible person for not wanting to describe someone's, you know, grinder journey to a fifth grader. Yeah. And just to be clear, you're you're not joking about that. Grinder is no. part of the books that they yeah. want to push on on children. They want kids to learn how to use sex apps, get on the apps, suggest how to get on the apps, and get you used to it. Right. What is this? This is not librarianship anymore. This is something no. beyond libraries and librarians. What do you have to say to those librarians who insist? And and they're they're boosters, you know, the parents who just reflexively back them up because they do see this as a political fight. And so without looking into the details, they think, oh, a group of people that who trend conservative in their other, you know, points of view don't want this book in the library. Ergo, I want this book in the library. And they'll say, There's no porn in the library. What do you say to them? Um that's what they want parents to believe. The reality, is, and that's what they tell the parents to believe and mislead parents into believing that. Uh, for example, many parents have been successfully removing Gender Queer, a book that shows graphic child pornography uh, from, from, live, from school libraries. And libraries, public libraries, separate issue. School libraries is, is what we're talking about right here. And because parents have been successfully removing that book, the librarians have put together Unite Against uh, Book Bans, which is a coalition between themselves and other organizations like the, the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers Union. So these organizations are all working together now to ensure that people who are getting this kind of material removed from schools uh, are, are actually going to fail, but, and they're misleading parents. One of the ways that, that they mislead parents is like you're showing uh, here uh, right now is that they have a, they took a poll for this Unite Against Book Bans, and the poll shows that most people oppose banning books. Well, this is America. Of course most people oppose banning books. Right. That's not Good thing issue. we're not doing it. Good thing we're not doing it. <laughs> we're not doing it. <laughs> and furthermore, they leave out the Harris poll that was taken years ago that says most people oppose explicit books in schools. That's the issue of the of the uh, Board of Education versus Pico case. That's the issue of the parent of the Harris poll. Most people oppose explicit books in schools. Meanwhile, this Unite Against Book Ban site is telling parents and everybody else that most people oppose book bans. It's right. completely misleading. And well, look at the wording, too. They say attempts to ban or restrict. <laughs> and then they say library resources. So they lump together all libraries, school libraries and public libraries. And that's right. another thing that fools people is, you know, what would be appropriate in the public library somewhere on the shelf? Because remember, there's a whole adult section. What would be appropriate there is not appropriate in a school library. Then you have what would be appropriate in a high school library versus a middle school library versus an elementary school library. And yeah. you're going to have differences in terms of the children's, you know, age, what's an age appropriate, even for sex ed, you know, what might be okay for, you know, 14 to 17 or 18 year olds is not okay for six to 10 year olds. And there's a range in there and it's still gender queer still doesn't fit there. I'm not saying that, nor does this book is gay. <laughs> or Lawn Boy or any of these other titles that parents are trying to get restricted. But there might be some other book about, I don't, you know, a first relationship like Judy Bloom's yeah. forever or something might be okay right. in the high school library. Yes. And first of all, that, that violates the American library association's library bill of rights, which makes it age discrimination to put on any access restrictions whatsoever. Second of all, when you mention that, it's the parents who are uh, trying to keep these books out of schools. Sort of it is, but it's because it's the librarians who are pushing this stuff into schools in the first place. There's the right. main issue is the librarians who have taken it upon themselves to take right. graphic child pornography, place it into the schools. And if a parent complains, it's the parent who's trying to silence other people's children and families when 
if they don't like the book, only that one book should be removed from only that child and nobody else. It's the librarians here, the issue, not the parents for complaining about what the librarians are doing. That is such a good point. And that goes back to what I read at the outset before we started, where this TLA, Texas Library Association Executive Director, Shirley Robinson, this was her uh, editorial. And I just I just find it so, the, the the gall. It's really it's it's really quite galling to think of what she's written on this day, you know, about these poor beleaguered, you know, it's a book, it's not a belief system. Well, actually, it it is a belief system. They are promoting a worldview. They're promoting an ideology when it comes to gender, as if it's a fact. And and when I say promoting, I mean promoting. So there is a world of difference between saying we're gonna shelve a book. We're just it's in, we're gonna shelve it. And going into school libraries and they're all over the top of the stacks and they're on the, 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 the end caps and sitting on tables and they were recommended to teachers. They're doing read alouds from them. Um, And, you know, so they are promoting, they're not just making available. And when she said that, um, you know, it's not up to uh, some parents here she says let me be clear parents and guardians have the right to the final say on what their children read well apparently we don't because when they're out of our when they're out of our custody in loco parentis when the school has them for seven or eight hours a day we don't have the final say the adults in the building have the final say and it says however that privilege does not extend to making that choice for other families and children and yet that's what they presume to do when they promote these books put them in classroom libraries and assign them as assigned reading so again, projection, project, they're doing, the, these are the things that they're doing. And then every parent must retain the right to make individual choices that work for their family. Right. Well, you started this saying, uh, how does the ALA put the lie into librarian? This right here, what you're quoting is actually the lie that's in librarian. You can't tell it. This is why they're very slick at what they're doing. But the reality is she's lying to you because just a few weeks later, the Texas Library Association put out some training in which they trained librarians how to evade the parents and evade Texas law. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about that. So I have it queued up. Um, I want to play it, but tell the audience what they're about to hear. They're about to hear some training by a, an experienced librarian named uh, Dorcas Hand, and uh, she is someone who is on the board of the Freedom to Read Foundation at the American Library Association, uh, the executive board, I think, of the Texas Library Association. She is a basically a top leader when it comes to the Texas Library Association, and she has a lot of experience, and she's going to provide training to librarians for Banned Books Week on how to evade parents specifically so they don't find out what's happening with the school books in these public uh, institutions called schools. Exactly. Uh, So when you contrast this woman telling people how to evade parents by using their personal resources, time and emails, and you compare and you look at the uh, the law of Texas, which makes these very things that they're hiding subject to public disclosure, but they're mm-hmm. hiding it. And then you read just two weeks before the head of the ALA says they're all concerned about the rights of parents in Texas because Texas parents are proud of their rights and everything. They're just flat out lying. And right. But it makes you feel good. Like it sounds like they care. So then you go away and you shut up and you say That's those it. crazy lunatics. That Dan Kleinman, he, he needs to t- you know take off that tinfoil hat. Oh, don't <laughs> listen to him. We care deeply about parental rights, right? Well, folks, I want you to listen to Dorcas, and you do have to listen carefully. This they do something also that is a neat trick, and and Dan can attest to this because I had to write to him three times. Like I'm. I think I'm a pretty smart person and I'm missing it. They speak to you in a way that's very soothing and very kind of monotone a little bit and just with just enough passion and bend the word that you kind of almost, you have to train, like, no, tune in Tokyo. What is she saying? So you have to listen to it a few times, but I'm going to play this and I want you to hear what she says. And then I'll read you the transcript and you'll see how skillful she is at hiding 
the evil and what she's saying in her nice little voice. So listen. Once the match is made, the volunteer reaches out by email. Uh, volunteers never use their professional email and they work hard to have their conversations with um, people who are looking for help on personal devices and Wi-Fi. We don't want anybody who's involved in this caught by a FOIA request. And we know that's happening. Did you so catch we, it? We try to be very careful. Um, we try to be very careful. So she said, once the match is made, the volunteer reaches out by email. So they have somebody in their association is, you know, helping people cope. Oh, help me cope with the request to remove the book. What do I do? Then they match them up with a little coach to help them get rid of the parents. But they have all their little conversations over private email and right. private devices and Wi-Fi because we don't want anyone caught up in a FOIA request. Now, why might that be a problem? As Dan mentioned, there's Texas law. There's the Texas statute makes it very clear without limiting the amount or kind of information that is public information under this chapter. And there's all the categories of information. And she literally just told you how they're training these people to break the law. That is what she just said in her little, well, then we do the thing and we do the thing. And you know, like you could go listen to that podcast three times and you might not realize what she's saying. <laughs> like, that's what it is. Pretty, pretty, pretty horrendous. Um, and she goes on and she says, um, we never give legal advice. We're not lawyers. Um, we might point people in the direction of resources that may suggest how they get legal advice. Um, we certainly use all of the ALA resources. And um, some of those, I mean, you know, there's case law that can look at the specific cases that may relate. They're anticipating how to lawyer up and how to fight this that ha hasn't happened. And yet... They want to make it go away, and they also want to protect themselves legally from getting in trouble for the methods that they use to make it go away. Right. And those are public documents under the law, and they're hiding things from the parents, while at the same time they're going out forward and saying, we care about the parents. We want them to make the right decisions and have, make an informed choice. Right. And let's remember, too, they're public employees. I mean, just, you know, while we're on the subject, they work for the public. They're paid, their jobs are paid with public dollars. Now, say, tell us something about that, Dan, because you've mentioned to me in the past how a lot of what they do is to protect their jobs. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the um, 10 years ago, there was recording by uh, the then head of the Office for Intellectual Freedom, uh, Barbara Jones, in which the discussion was raised as to why the librarians oppose common sense media ratings, uh, which provide parents with ratings on uh, what's appropriate or inappropriate um, in many different ways in books, but including sexually explicit material. Uh, the American Library Association eventually ended up uh, uh, finding out that one of their um, organizations was listing it. So they had it delisted or censored and then uh, ordered that it should be removed and blacklisted from all library schools and other state library associations. And uh, th that's what the ALA did. But during part of that conversation, they said the reason why they don't want parents to have ratings like this is that they wouldn't need librarians anymore. <laughs> I couldn't believe I heard that, but there it was. And uh, that's why they don't want parents to have ratings, among other things. Protect their jobs. That's a good point. With we've got computers to search titles, we've got Amazon to give us reviews, we've got all like the only purpose really the lending library has is for us to go borrow a book and get access to a book for free or you know paid for with tax dollars, as many as we want you know as often as we want and then give them back. We don't have to own them or store them or whatever. So the the librarian, if the librarian is not adding value in terms of programming, you know story hours and reading clubs and things like that, yeah, that they it's all about just curating the collection. Right. And so it seems like what a great place to capture if you're political activists. And in the same uh, speech that she gave 10 years ago, she also spilled the beans on something that they also <laughs> mislead you about now. They keep telling you that it's the conservative parents who are opposed to this. It's actually every parent who's opposed to this, 
even whatever side the plot politics are, because this child pornography stuff is just inappropriate no matter who you are. It's not just the conservatives, it's everybody. But Barbara Jones herself said that uh, uh, 10 years ago, she said, you know, we got the conservative parents uh, and the family groups that are that are trying to stop us from uh, getting this stuff to kids. But at the same time, there are there are liberal parents, I think she called them that, and other organizations that are normally on our side that also oppose this stuff. And they're sort of coming together. They're, they're having like a confluence on keeping uh, kids from reading inappropriate material. And she said, and that worries me. Right. Well, it sure does worry you. But yeah. the point is that all sides think it's inappropriate to give this stuff to kids. Meantime, the ALA is now saying that it's the... Uh, that it's just the conservative parents. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. doesn't say speak very highly for those supposed yeah. liberal parents. But, yeah. you know, and this is the game they play, the sort of Mott and Bailey thing that they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I got a note today from a friend of mine on the West Coast whose daughter goes to public school. And he said, you know, they're talking in class about books that have been banned <laughs> or attempted or attempted to be. And right. the pros and cons of banning, so forth. This is fifth grade. Fifth grade, they're having this conversation. Yeah. And he said, that, you know, they're using examples like Harry Potter <laughs> and books with dark themes and concerning language and how, you know, like religious parents don't want these things, whatever. And it is just not, first of all, I would love it if that were the, if that's all it was, was we're worrying about Harry Potter. I, I could sleep at night. Um, but, <laughs> They're telling the kids, they're telling children in classrooms, these librarians and their teacher allies, right. that parents are trying to ban books and they give these nonsense reasons behind it. They give nonsense examples. They don't mention Dr. Seuss. I don't mention that. And they're, mis they're misleading the children. So not just lying to parents, they're lying to these little kids about pretty complex ideas. They're not saying your parents don't want us to have explicit sex in the library. <laughs> They're not saying that. Yeah. It, it's actually even worse when it comes to the Harry Potter books. Um, uh, you know, uh, those were, those did cause a lot of controversy at the time, but nowadays the controversy is that uh, JK Rowling herself has come out in favor of women's rights. Yes, heaven for and fend. <laughs> heavens for fend. And right. the librarians themselves have decided to take it out on J.K. Rowling's books and Harry Potter events in libraries. And they've been sort of cutting back on all that kind of stuff. So but they want the children of the freedom to read, Dan. <laughs> it's all about their freedom to read except Harry Potter because the lady who wrote it's a big meanie. <laughs> right that's what's going on now we don't like her she made mean tweets so the children yeah. can't don't have the right to read harry potter anymore but they should have the right to read gender queer come on right and they push this it's all political they push this stuff into libraries nationwide while they tell you that it's the few parents trying to control the library it's the american library association itself controls most libraries around the united states with this policy and you've got gender queer in your in your school library because of the American Library Association. I think even the author said, Maya Kababi said something to the effect of, you know, I wrote this book for myself and kind of for adults to understand things and so on and so forth. But then the American Library Association picked it up and gave it an award and now it's all in schools. You know, that's what goes on with this kind of uh, things. It's a political push by a massive organization now working with other organizations in Unite Against Book Bans because people have been successfully getting this stuff removed from schools uh, to push it on you. It's not just a few parents and a few no. conservative groups like yourself or whatever. Yeah. It's them. No, it's it's, all, it's all about anchoring. It's all about, you know, pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope so far that you end up begging for a compromise with also pretty bad stuff. But it looks tame by comparison to what they really, you know, what, what they're trying to put in. So they keep right. moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts, you know, let's have drag queen story hour because what we really want is to normalize pedophilia. <laughs> so we're going to dress them up and make them look all nice and fun and have read stories to your kids right. and kind of soften you up to the idea that grown men dress as sexualized women hanging out with little bitty children and touching them and having them on their laps and like, you know, reading them right. stories is perfectly normal, of course. 
Yeah. So this is, and telling your child that there are no rules, break the rules, do whatever you want, believe in oh. whatever you want. No, that's well, the goal. Which reminds me, speaking of putting the lie in the librarian, and speaking of what we've already discussed about uh, hiding uh, uh, from the Texas law, what's going on, yeah. we have the Drag Queen Story Hour issue, in which right. the American Library Association wrote that librarians are to sneakily, that's their word, push this stuff into uh, small rural conservative communities nationwide. And uh, they recently deleted that article because they occasionally defend, uh, um, um, censor their own embarrassing information like that one. Uh, so communities aren't even aware of this, but librarians are sneakily pushing this into their communities, into their schools, into everything, right. because right. the American Library Association is telling them to do it and has exactly. annual conferences uh, exactly. in which they have little classes on how to do this kind of stuff. Uh, people have written they, about that. I think, uh, for example, in The Federalist, uh, Joy Pullman wrote about, uh, uh, in the past, a library conference in, that she attended, apparently, and, uh, and saw what was going on with these classes. And mm -hmm. it's basically to how to get things around parents and communities. Right. Legally. And, and they, they do things like, there's a book, there's a book called Looking for Alaska. <laughs> and Yeah. And that was made, as you know, into a Hulu limited series, TVMA, TVMA. <laughs> and there are parents right here in the next county over to where I live. I mean, I literally live like five minutes from the county line and right. this, the schools, and it's, it's not an urban county. It's more of a right. suburban parts of rural parts, suburban county. Right. And they're having a debate about this right now about this book, because they want it to be not just in the library, they want it to be assigned reading. And so you know, there are parents who object and they had a school board meeting to talk about it. And they sent their teen interns out of the room to do the read aloud of sections <laughs> of the book because they said, you know, it's it, it, it's too explicit. But then they're going to have it as a signed reading. And so, again, they're accusing the parents of, you know, this is a great book and everyone wants to read it. Meanwhile, they had two copies in the library. One is missing. And somebody in the school board said, I can only surmise it's hidden in their, under a kid's bed somewhere you know, because we haven't seen it in months. <laughs> and But when you look at the ratings recommendation for the TV show, where I'm pretty sure because they don't do porn on Hulu, they weren't literally acting out, you know, the sexual parts. They were just doing your standard MA, you know, sex scenes right. that... Um, they, it's TVMA. Why would you want your kid having that as a signed reading? Right. It doesn't. And but when you say that, it's like, oh my god, you're such a prude. No, it's right. TVMA when it's TV. <laughs> and now you want your child to like be sitting there like reading it. Why don't we just put up a whole shelf of Judith Krantz while we're at it? Remember Judith Krantz from you know the 70s yeah. and 80s? She wrote these like explicit yeah. books that you know we teenage girls, if our if one of our parents friends' parents had one right. on the shelf in their house, right. we'd like try to steal it and we look at it. And I explained the other day on my show that when kids do that, when they have to sneak around adult rules to get literature yeah. and they know they're not really supposed to, yeah. there's a different impact, right, Dan? It's different psychologically. They still yeah. shouldn't be reading it, but it's different than the adults going, look at this. Isn't this awesome? Let's yeah. have a whole day devoted to genderqueer. We're fighting for your right to read genderqueer. Your parents are trying to block you from reading genderqueer. Now it's like, you know, it's a totally yeah. different impact. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, John Green, the author of that book, uh, was a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, an American Library Association employee for about five years before he eventually wrote that book. <laughs> and uh, ALA made it go big. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's the other thing. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the commercial, you know, value of Banned Books Week. Uh, How well, much uh, money stands to be made from this? this the Hill just published a story today about how uh, genderqueer's sales are up 140%. And uh, that that Kendi's books are up, uh, sales are up 5,000% uh, after Ted Cruz showed it on uh, on TV or something like that. Yeah, right. uh, banning books is very lucrative for the authors. I've even offered, uh, offered one author uh, that I would create a banned books um, controversy in an effort to inflate her sales. <laughs> You're right. Why not? Oh, there's things you don't want to know in this book. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, like uh, like James Lindsay once wrote some crazy thing and got it published in a in a fancy paper because they thought it was true, but it wasn't. 
And, uh, and, you know, he made his point that way. Well, I could do the same thing by, you know, in making a faked controversy about a book and suddenly its sales would go up. I should go right. into business doing that for be very successful. But at the same time, is there a message there for us parents in terms of, you know, we don't want these books in the yeah. schools, but yeah. these people are going to, first of all, they're going to do what they're going to do. So okay. we're going to fight and we're going to, you know, we're going to do all yeah. these things and they're just going to use it not yeah. only to marginalize their political enemies, but they're right. going to use it to sell more books and prop up the authors even yeah. more. It, it almost feels like we're working against our own interests, even in fighting it. How yeah. do we effectively get this stuff out of the libraries or should we not? Should we just well, leave it alone? <laughs> There's two things that uh, you can do. One is to be aware about how the ALA puts the lie in librarian so that you don't think that these people know what they're talking about and assume that they do. And the right. second most important thing is, and it's very important because even the ALA says to do this, get on the library boards, get in the uh, school boards, change, yeah. get out these people who are, uh, who are advancing this kind of a wackiness and uh, remove them from their positions of power and then remove the librarians that are, that are pushing uh, graphic child pornography on children. So you, you, that's what you need to do, parents. Get on a library board. Get on a school board. Right. I put this up because, you know, we've been talking about these challenged books. And it's interesting now they call it challenged over here. Yeah. Whereas they're calling it banned books week. So obviously these books are not banned. They're just challenged. And we've, we've mentioned this book, Gender Queer, many times. Lawn Boy, All Boys Aren't Blue. Right. Now, these first three books already, these are about lgbtqia plus issues and then we get down to out of darkness and this is a depicting abuse um we were taught that the hate you give that was a signed reading for my children in charlotte north carolina that was their sixth grade assigned reading book they had no choice but to read that book yeah um that depicted profanity violence uh anti-police messaging quite explicit uh, the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian. That Written one, by a sex offender. Yeah, <laughs> a known one. <laughs> yeah, sex offender. Me and Earl and the dying girl. This yeah. is banned and challenged because it was considered sexually explicit and degrading to women. But that's yeah. perfectly fine now that men can be women. Um, yeah. Let's see, the bluest eye by Toni Morrison. There's yeah. the child sexual abuse. This book is gay. I've been over that on this channel. I, that's literally the how to use grinder book. <laughs> Um, and Beyond Magenta, Reasons Ban and Challenge for LGBTQIA. So what they've then done, then what they say is they don't explain that they're challenged because of the sexually explicit content. They make it about the LGBTQIA stuff. Right. So they're doing two things, in my opinion, that are offensive to me. One, well, you know, and they're both lies. One is they're conflating graphic, promiscuous, sexuality and sexual expression with being lgbtqia okay or whatever you want to call it, lgb they're equating they're equating like being trans with some kind of sexuality issue also being gay with being sexually promiscuous they're 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 engaging in a kind of stereotyping that is actually stokes homophobia you know so that if you're just a plain old vanilla gay person you know you're just like you know gay parents even are opposed to this they don't want their kids reading genderqueer. Oh, absolutely. For example. That group, and, for example, uh, Gays Against Groomers is uh, exactly. absolutely opposed to this. Exactly. So they're, they're, they're trying to accuse parents of being homophobic. They're trying to accuse parents of being hostile and wishing harm against so-called trans kids and all this. This is not the issue. This isn't just a story about a character who happens to be gay or a story about a character that happens to be trans or whatever. This is a These are books where sex and graphic sex takes center stage in the plot yes that's the issue and parents need to take even more um, um, uh, you know uh, besides just uh, not letting them uh, intimidate you uh, by being aware how they lie to you besides getting on boards you got to be aware that this is now becoming big political issues right uh, what happened with uh, the governor of Florida who spoke out against these books the governor of Virginia, who won because of the because of opposition to these books, where uh, one mom was reading the book in a school board, and that kind of triggered it all, and uh, uh, was reading uh, genderqueer. 
Yeah. And it's becoming a political issue nowadays because people are tired of this going on. It goes on without end. The librarians say and will do anything to make it happen, including telling you how to violate things like that Texas law. They will do anything to make it happen, lie to you in any way, including telling you most people oppose banned books when in reality, most people oppose expo explicit books for kids in schools. Okay. They will do anything. So you have to get up the courage nowadays to take some action, to do something, and to be aware that what you are doing may make a difference in your state and turn right. things around for you and your children. Right. And what do you think of those strategies of, you know, taking the passages from the books that are explicit and going to the school board meeting and reading them aloud or whatever? You know, I think on the one hand, it gets a lot of attention. So there's that. But the downside, it seems to me, is, you know, the stock, the, what's it called? No, uh, the Streisand effect where people run out and buy the book. You know, it actually helps the author um, where, you know, the uh, the people who are pushing the notion that yeah. people are anti-gay, you know, uh, focus on that or, you know, or yeah. prudes or whatever they focus yeah. on that. I just, I'm kind of wondering, like I, I, I heard people doing that. I said, Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. And then afterwards I'm like, but it's not working. Uh, well, it is working in the case of, uh, getting, uh, Glenn Youngkin's elected, uh, for example. Yeah, true. Well, you know what? Uh, people say, even right now, the American Library Association has this author named Ryan Estrada who's spreading lies about me being anti-LGBT. Uh, it's just not true, but right. it's because I'm effective in, the, in getting the message out. Right. And, and the point of this is you have to get the message out. I totally think that's a great idea for parents to go and read these things to the school boards. Many of them are just completely unaware they get trained by the American Library Association or their state library association, things that are just not true, and they're not aware. And, and uh, making them aware is one way to do it. But big warning to every parent out there, if you're going to complain about a book, you should make sure you've read it from beginning to end. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And, and there is a difference also, I believe, between yeah. graphic how to kinds of sex and with pictures, right? And the occasional, you know, scene or, you know, whatever. And I mean, not that I'm saying you might, you know, you might not want your child to read it, right. but you have to exercise some judgment. Think about what school is it placed in? Is it, if it's in the elementary school, then maybe it's just yeah. inappropriately placed in elementary school. And right. it's not really about the specifics of the scene. It's about, this is too old a book. Remember we have reading, we have kids who are not reading to grade level. Right. So my biggest fear is that these are books that are being read to the children that they can't fully understand. And so they're being indoctrinated. Like, let's take the book, for example, Not My Idea about white people. Now, that's a book I personally would challenge being in the library. And people say, but, you know, there's no violence, there's no sex, whatever. But it's so bad. It is teaching such a bad message to these, right. this age group. Right. And yet it's targeted at the age group that I think it is abusive. I think it's abusive to take a message that is so racially essential and read it to six-year-olds. To me, it's almost worse than reading them the sex stuff because you read the sex stuff to a six-year-old and they'll be like, ew, gross. Like they probably wouldn't even process it. You start reading about white people are bad and violent and hurt people and kill people. And they go, ah, you know, like that's, they can, they can connect with that message and it's very damaging, but Maybe I'm extremist. I don't know. No, you're not extremist. And there's subtle damage people don't notice initially. And it's sort of like what's going on with the teaching of pronouns and trans. I mean, entire curriculums are built around this kind of stuff now. Yeah. So while kids are learning grade after grade about pronouns and all that kind of stuff, and while kids are learning these kind of inappropriate books or these books about how to get on Grindr and do things, what's happening? They're not learning physics, math, mathematics, reading. They're not reading the other books that they could be reading. Right. They're being robbed of an education that people used to get before exactly. it was the way uh, it is to treat about, to teach about trans pronouns and butt plugs. And I'm sorry if that offends people. That's what they're teaching. No, people. I mean you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And and I, you know. 
the the other night I did a, a show um, also about banned books week, and I made a little um, like I made a, a presentation to show people. Um, let me find it. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, maybe I can't. Um, I guess I can't. I thought it, I thought I had this whole screen, but it was a, it was pictures of a um, pictures of a school library in New Jersey. Yeah. And they were, were featuring these books right. that are, I'll bring it up here because that seems to be the best I can do. But so here's the entrance to the library. So, you know, it's just your standard setup. But as you walk in middle school, middle school, right? As you walk in, this is what you're seeing in the display. Okay. And so my qualm was, if you if you do this, if you see if you, if this is what you see, then your impression as a kid is this is all that matters. <laughs> it's like there's right. nothing else that matters, right? But these subjects. Imagine if all these librarians and teachers working to teach this gender theory were actually working to teach something like physics or mathematics. Uh, and all of the tops of their counters had books about, you know, how to uh, find the Pythagoras theorem of whatever. I don't know. I'm not an expert in that stuff. But it's, I mean, it's racism, 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 That's you know, this, gender this, that or that. And, you know, here's the impact. So somebody from this district was communicating with one of their friends about this, you know, what do you think about this and so forth. And right. that person, that second person said, you know, uh, my second grader came home the other day and said, um, I'm trying to find the exact quote, but it was something like, you know, the second grader came home and said, well, first of all, why are there more white people in the world than black people? Well, that's not even true. That's not even statistically true. So they might have heard something wrong. Okay. And then the next question was, why did the white, why are the white people killing the black people, mommy? <laughs> Now, when your seven-year-old comes home and right. they're asking these questions, where do you think they're getting these messages? So even if the right. teacher's not explicitly saying it, right. and you look around and you, you know, you go to the library and these are the books that are being read to you, or this is what's in your face constantly, what are you supposed to conclude as a child? Kids are pretty simple when it comes to picking up on messages, posters, pictures, music. Right. This is what matters to the grown-ups. And uh, by the way, the American Library Association, uh, when Biden became president, uh, went to him to tell them, American, uh, to tell the uh, president that librarians see kids for like four or five years in a row, as whereas opposed to teachers only see them for every class. So the librarians are best suited to uh, make sure kids get a the equity lens, which really means the Marxism lens. Um, so they literally bragged to the federal government president to say we can best spread this stuff that you see on those library shelves right. uh, to all these school children uh, better than teachers can and once again it's done quietly behind the scenes without a lot of people knowing right well and the lie too that it's one political party <laughs> that is trying to make sure the books are appropriate Right. When in fact, it's one political party that's trying to own libraries. And you know, it, you know. It, it's like everything else that the left does, right. it, when the librarians, the American Library Association, School Library Journal, School Library Association, all these people speak to you, parents, turn it inside out. Everything they're saying is what they're doing. They're projecting. They're basically announcing to you what they're doing. And you are in the equivalent of, an abusive relationship with your library <laughs> because they're lying to you. And it's like their words say one thing and then they go behind your back and say, right. what's your personal email? I'm going to send you some documents so you don't get foia Right. Oh, but I have some good, uh, some good banned books week news. Yes, please. Hey, librarian, a school librarian in Louisiana named. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to find it. I think you sent me this story yesterday. Amanda I'm going to go Jones. find it. Yes. Amanda Jones sued for defamation uh, parents uh, because they were apparently reporting on what she was doing and saying, um, right. you know, and so they 
So she sued them for defamation. And then she wrote to the, the Louisiana, Louisiana legislators stating that, uh, you know, we need to pass legislation to prevent parents from challenging books, which is what the American Library Association recommends in, in, um, in uh, United Against Book Bans that they've created. They want, to, they want to get legislators to pass legislation blocking parents from challenging books. Well, the thing is, is she has lost They're her public case. employees spending tax dollars and they want to tell the taxpayers, shut up. But <laughs> yeah. they represent freedom of speech. And right. they value democracy. They care about democracy. Look, I, we're a republic, so I'm not big on the whole ask the mob their opinion. But these are the people who say they care about the mob. They care about democracy. They care about right. majority of people want this. And then they turn around and say, make a law that the people have to shut up. <laughs> right. So right during Banned Books Week, her slap suit, strategic lawsuit against public participation, went down in flames. Love it. That is fantastic. That's, that that is good news. So, it, it it pays to to challenge it. I guess you know it does work uh, to, to stand up for what you believe in. And I like the idea of you know get on the library board if you can. Now, how hard a thing is that to do? How hard is it? Is it as hard as getting on a school board? <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on you know what jurisdiction you're in. Uh, I've never been on a board. I I'm too, I'd be too bored to be on a board, but somebody has to. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. Yeah. Um, what about charitable organizations? So, for example, I, I put charitable in quotes, but um, you know, you got Bill and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you've got the Walton Family Foundation, you've got the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, and they love nothing more than to give away books to you know libraries, schools, et cetera, for free, so that school boards who want to say we're not going to pay for this, they're like, that's okay, we're going to give it. I think it was school, was it school library uh, journal or one of the organizations for this week? No, it's the, the NEA. The NEA is giving awards. Whoever does like the best job with, you know, banned books week or whatever, right. they can get free books. And of <laughs> course, what free books are they going to get from the NEA? They're getting the challenged books don't given to them to the classroom teacher directly, not to the school, to the teacher will then put them in the school. And so it also seems to me that this whole push is not, it, it's it, the, the library is becoming an octopus. That's just kind of like going out over the school and it's like pff, school board, pff, huh? parents, <laughs> you know, they're just taking oh. over Absolutely. and people are getting these books in around the processes, around the laws. Drag Queen Story Hour is all over the United States now. It's because of libraries. They're the ones who had it sneakily pushed into communities. Now it's been popularized. Now bars are getting it. Museums are getting it. Zoos are getting it. It's all over now. This is what I library, mean, this is the effect of How these. did we raise children without having grown men cross-dressers reading to our children? I mean, what, what we missed out on. Like, why is this even a thing? And I, I know why it's a thing from their perspective. I've read their papers about drag pedagogy. I know all about why they're doing it. Yeah. I'm just saying, why are average, regular people not looking at this and saying, what kind of adult wants to do this job? And why are there so many of them suddenly? You know, it's 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 creepy. Because and when yet, it, when it comes at you from a public institution, now you think it's legitimate. You don't have to yeah. go to a bar anymore. Uh, <laughs> to see this, which is where they are there. It's adult entertainment is what it is. And uh, that's what it's for. And that's great. But a public library, you know, um, this activity is harmful. Public libraries have laws that say that they're for the use and benefit of the public. They can't have harmful activities. They can't have like pole dancing training or how to roll a joint training. It's illegal. Same thing with Drag Queen Story Hour. You know that's coming now. <laughs> Yeah. You know that's coming. I, that's going to be cannabis husbandry or something. They're going to have like a class on how to how to farm your own cannabis, how to roll your own joints, how to you know. All that. They're absolutely. I, but but and this brings me to an important question: What if we fought fire with fire? So I saw one group of parents did this recently. They did a, a, a drive to get books donated to their local library and their school libraries that are sort of the opposite point of view, like Thomas Sowell books. 
I think and, it's about Bethany Mandel, I think. And, 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 uh, well, and some of her books. Well, I don't know if she was involved in this particular drive. This was in uh, Pennsylvania, I think Haverford School District. Okay. And what they did was they gathered together a whole bunch of books. They went to the school board. They yeah. had somebody introduce them. And they went up and they said, in the spirit of diversity, equity, and inclusion, they used all their words right. to say, we want these books. And then they even did little bios of the authors, like Thomas Sowell grew up black and poor and this, and Harlow. And then, you know, they go through Carol Swain and this one and that one. And um, it, I loved it because it really, it's sort of like what, what Governor DeSantis did with the migrants, sending them to Martha's Vineyard. It's kind of like, okay, you don't want censorship. You want freedom of speech. It, why not turn it back around and say, put Abigail Schreier's book on the shelves put these books out on display and so forth and see what happens. Right. And, and to that end, we would like to have a program um, about hunting. We like to have a, a hunting and fishing, you know, right. kind of like living off the land and, you know, right. making your own ammunition. We'd like to have a program like that in the library. We'll have some books, get an author who writes a book about, you know, survival techniques in the wilderness to come in and do a presentation on hunting. Can we do that. No. Why? <laughs> Why not? But making drag Swain's story out. Making your own ammunition sounds fun. Doesn't it? I mean. It sounds like you could do chemistry and teach science that way. Of course. But <laughs> I mean, that might be, they might say, well, that's violent or whatever. Uh, okay. So just hunting, different means of hunting, different tools. You've got firearms, you've got a bow and arrow, you've got snare traps, you yeah. know, we'll cover all of it. But, you know, can we talk about, living off the land and, you know, including hunting and yeah. stuff as a library program for young children. Right. And watch their heads explode. There's well, no way they'd be like, no, but drag queen story hour is fine. Yeah. Well, you are helping people the most. You are informing people with your show here, how to put the ALA puts the lie in. And the reason we learn, you have other topics that are similar and help parents. It's people like you who are informing parents, uh, and getting them, uh, to be knowledgeable about the, these different kinds of things. Uh, you're not the only one, there are others, but that's- Well, well Dan, there's you. I mean, <laughs> guys, that you, you know, seriously, that look at this. You've got safe libraries, all right? It's a blog, <laughs> but this is, you've been, you've been publishing for quite some time. <laughs> okay, yeah. this yeah. goes, this goes pretty far back, right? Okay, 2008. Yeah, and I've been in existence before that. That's just when I started blogging. But that's the point. If people, okay, if people like us, if you want to say that, who yeah. are import, informing parents and making them aware of this stuff, the more people are aware of what's going on, the yes. more they won't let these uh, people, like these librarians, get away with what they're doing. Exactly, exactly. And that's really the thrust of this show is, guys, to let you know they are lying. <laughs> they are lying. And, um, you know, the only time they're telling you the truth is when you listen to people like this Dorcas person. Um, did I get her name right? Didn't I? Dorcas hand. Dorcas hand. Okay. So when they're talking to each other and they don't think you're listening, <laughs> then the truth comes out. And, right. and that's about the only time if they're talking right. to you and they know you're a parent, there you go. Um, it's sort of in the same vein as those parents who called up hospitals and said, you know, I, my child needs a surgery. Do you do these on minors? Oh, yes, absolutely. Right. But if you say you're a journalist, they're not going to tell you. So right. it, <laughs> <Lives in Tiptech. laughs> it, it's really, yeah, it, it, it's really sad, uh, again, because they're public employees. Another thing I would say is, folks, you know, reconsider as a town. Let's say you live in a town yeah. and you, you know, yeah. you want you funding for libraries comes up. Right. I mean, it comes up on ballot initiatives, bond measures, all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, seriously consider going to, you know, like city council, town council, whatever, you know, county commission, what, whoever in your city or state or locality right. has some kind of fiduciary oversight of the public library. Okay. Where they get their budget. And if you're not going to be on the library board, think about that and getting active in right. auditing and monitoring what they're buying, what's coming in, what they're taking up, who they're hiring, right. what kind of people are crossing the threshold and getting paid to do so, like these drag queens with public dollars, and um, and try to 
try to assert your your views there. Uh, There's actually a book written about that. Um, one library was defending child pornography uh, crimes in the library with the help of the American Library Association, who ensured that the library won intellectual freedom awards for defending the child pornography. And the people who were the whistleblowers uh, after two and a half years of effort got the library to admit it finally. And then they wrote a book uh, which uh, was about what the library did to, to, to lie. Uh, so there's literally an entire book written on. Do you remember the title of this book? The, 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 the book is called, um, oh, it's by uh, Megan Fox and, and Kevin Dujan. Uh, the, the first, um, you know what? It's in my, it's on my publications page. Was this a censored librarian fired for defending library's historic neutrality against the American Library Association's social justice? Oh, that was something else. No, I'm going to try to find that book uh, real fast. Safe. Uh, okay. Uh, safe libraries. There's a book called "Shut Up: The Bizarre War That One that's Public it. Library." Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> So, so guys, uh, this is what we're talking about here is this book, Shut Up the Bizarre War That One Public yes. Library Waged Against the First Amendment at, by Megan Fox. And uh, this is what bad things could possibly be happening in your local public library and shut up the bizarre war that one public library waged against the First Amendment. Right. Citizens lose Megan Fox and Kevin Dujan expose the pattern of censorship, intimidation, harassment. But so, like I said, every single thing they accuse you of doing they're censoring and bullying and harassing us and it's, we're so intimidated they're doing to you so right. just bear that in mind um right. so any final thoughts on on this i mean i think we've done a pretty good job of making it clear to them that the libraries or librarians are full of it <laughs> and banned books week is a lie like the entire thing is a lie there's no book bans you know it, not only is it a lie, but one time they had a, they have a censorship map even as part of Banned Books Week. The censorship oh, yes. map was stolen from a student. It was plagiarized. And then they went around with this plagiarized map, and I had to prove it was plagiarized. And then they changed the ownership and apologized. Well, you're the American Library Association. If you really have a legitimate problem, why do you need to plagiarize some kid's stuff? Exactly. I mean, they're not even professional. It's not and the, it, I, I do want to just spend like oh, oh, one more minute before you finish up. I really got to I got to I got to like commiserate with you on this thing. The you guys, the, this entire site is fake news. I mean, this entire thing, you know, you want to talk about, you know, identifying misinformation. <laughs> There's nothing true. I mean, the entire thing, it's like, I, I don't know where to look, you know, book challenges and then they're, they, you know, unique titles targeted and what they call, what their definition of targeted is, what their definition of ban, their definition of restrict, their right. definition of library. And then, you know, the right to read what, by the way, what right to read? You have a right to read the attached to the first amendment. It's implicit. It's not explicit, but it does not mean you have a right to free books. It doesn't mean you have a right to have access to every single piece of written material ever produced, paid for by the public. You want to go read it. You want to get it on Amazon. You want to find it some other way. Knock yourself out. You don't have a right for your neighbors to buy it and shelve it and store it and take care of it for you. Right. And that's what they're trying to get you to believe that you have. And then, you know, all, all of this, like voting checklist, if could you be... Yeah a little more transparent that this is a political action stunt. <laughs> and we've got, you know, a national initiative empowers readers everywhere. Can we take a moment and talk about the 70% of high school graduates who cannot read proficiently? Right. These people act like we have these readers out there who are just chomping at the bit. I must get my hands on reading material and you're preventing me and I'm dying. Yep. This is absurd. We yep. have to practically beg children to read Yep. And they want to give them on their limited reading ability and limited time that they have to read or will commit to reading. They want to give them trash, smut, struggle literature, literature yeah. that's mired in violence and hate and stereotypes, yeah. bigotry, uh, just nihilistic messages, no hope, no hero story, none of this. And there, you know, all these attempts, and this is my favorite. This is where they get you. Look at the poor little brown child. Oh. 
with the giant sad eye looking from behind the books. And we have book bans harm communities. Students cannot access critical information. Meanwhile, they own the world. The world is in their hand. Okay. These are the same people who say, you know, black people don't have IDs. They don't have photo ID. They can't go vote. This is the same mindset right here. They're going to lose the opportunity to learn and build mutual understanding. By the way, white people are evil and black people are awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, the American Library Association has uh, scholarships uh, for anybody who's not white. They have something called a spectrum scholarship. Spectrum. If you're not white, you can get it. Right. As long as the <laughs> rainbow is fractured and not... <laughs> clear light like once we put stick the prism in front of it now oh. it's okay but when the light comes out whole no bad that's bad <laughs> only the rainbow right I, it's, you know books are tools for understanding complex issues sometimes sometimes they're tools for obscuring the truth about complex issues right. sometimes they're straight up propaganda mein Kampf, for example <laughs> Karl marx you know? i mean they act like every book is the Bible, <laughs> like every single thing that was ever written down. Right. And these are the same people who will talk to you about how obsession with the written word is evidence of white supremacy. <laughs> but books, books, Dan. So I can't, I, I have to go through this this way and I have to laugh and I have yeah. to point these little tidbits yeah. out because if I don't, I'll go crazy. Yeah, the American Library Association itself is founded on actually anti-black racism and other things. I know that sounds crazy, but their entire history has been, until recently, has been keeping blacks out of libraries. Don't let them read, don't let them borrow books. Uh, they know it. That's actually why they got rid of the name of uh, the John Dewey Award. Uh, they actually renamed the award because of, of, uh, of her for that reason. They also well, got you know, wouldn't it be great if people knew the truth about John Dewey? And Horace Mann, uh, Melville, and Woodrow Melville Wilson. I, I said John Dewey. I was wrong. Oh. His name is Melville Dewey. Oh, Melville Dewey. Okay. Dewey. But I but I was talking about the truth about John Dewey, the progressive, uh, right, yeah. who wanted all the kids to go to school and be, you know, assimilated right. to the, the proper way of thinking. And I mean, he right. wasn't quite a racist, but I'm saying he was just very, very supportive of the idea that they're betters. And, and our betters should be telling kids like, you know, this is the right way. Um, I, yeah, I, I just think we need to be aware, like you said, we just need to be aware of that these institutions that we grew up, you know, uh, holding up on a pedestal, putting up on a pedestal or thinking that these are the smart people, librarians were, you know, the glasses, the stereotype of librarian was like the smart person, whatever. And now all I picture is remember Monsters, Inc. What was her name? Roz. Roz, the one with the, like big, she was like had the little pointy glasses, and she sat there giving everybody a hard time. Like now, I close my eyes, and when I think of a librarian, that's what I picture—the <laughs> person just guarding knowledge and being like, "You get what I give you," and you know, it's take it, eat it, take your vitamins now, <laughs> be anti-racist. But I want to read about hunting. No, <laughs> stop censoring us. You know they go they go from like this evil green monster to like Bambi. Right. You know again. That's what it is. <laughs> Just snap your fingers and say anything about them that's true, and suddenly they get all doe-eyed and it's not fair. I'm right. a victim. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully people understand better. So you, <laughs> this is funny. Casimir says. Oh, librarian. I misread libertarian. <laughs> no, no. Those those public the taxpayer funded leeches <laughs> they call themselves librarians, those people. Anyway, Dan, I can't thank you enough for coming in. Where can people find you aside from your wonderful blog? Uh remember guys, you're gonna wanna go follow Safe Libraries or now of course where it is. Um, um, yeah. So you're on, um, I'm going to bring it up again. Twitter. You're on Twitter and this again is the blog safe libraries. Yeah. Uh, the Twitter handle is, um, I tried to get to you by this at sex harassed yeah. and it won't, it won't pull up your handle. Every time I try to at you, it won't work. So you guys have to like literally type it in and go find him. Yeah. I'm um, getting suppressed. Um, you know, when, when you have librarians going around saying, that I'm anti-LGBT and I 
Yeah. Oh, they, they recently said I, I uh, attempted a mass destruction event at a library conference. You know, cr crazy. Th this yeah. is our... This and haven't you had some like death threats too? Haven't you had like credible death threats against you? <laughs> uh, it's an every, well, it's not an everyday event, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they really don't like him. And all he's doing is. Oh, they sued me twice in federal court and lost. Yeah. So, but they're all about free speech. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Dan yeah. and, and, and us, but you know, everybody else, it's okay. As yeah. long as you say the things they want you to say, and they're all right. about your right to read, as long as you read the things they want you to read. Right. Right. Well, and they never they, debate people like us. You'll never see them debating us. It never happens because they know no. they're wrong. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. Nothing to say. But I thank you so much for, yeah. for joining me, for making this show. And thanks, everybody, for watching. Please, as always, like, share, comment, subscribe. It helps yes. the channel get the word out. Take the whole broadcast. Yes. Send it to all your parent friends. That, you know you know, your kids are being taught about Band Books Week? Yeah. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great afternoon. See you Bye -bye, later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.